Welcome to Messy Closet, the spiritual journey of Generation X. I'm Roseanne Carlo, and here we explore the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and the lessons my friends and I may or may not have learned. Hello, hello, and welcome back to this week's episode. Again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I'm coming to you from the Podbean app, so thanks to Podbean for making this possible. And next week, I have Kristen Bailey back, and we will be talking about Pluto in Aquarius, because it is the age of Aquarius. It is my age. I am the Aquarius, and it has been a roller coaster of, you know, the uncovering of truths. So I want to talk about our leaders in today's show, both political and spiritual, and really just get my thoughts out there because so many of us have been shocked by the news of that video of the Dalai Lama, and we're learning things more and more about the Catholic Church in Denver, and there's just so much out there that's coming out about you know, certain leaders, especially in our country. And we just look like we're a circus right now and kind of a laughing stock, I feel. And no one's really taking us seriously because we can't get it together in Congress and Senate. Too busy fighting with each other over the most ridiculous things like light beer and, well, yeah, that's silly. But I can't say that I think the feminine products or the sports bras are silly. I kind of think that that is really rude to women. And that's where I'm going to start. Because when we're talking about leaders, leadership, especially spiritually, we're talking usually about men. It's male. Leaders of the church is a pope. It's a man. Now the pope is saying that priests can get married to try to bring people back into the church. Well, then why didn't they To begin with, we were always taught that, you know, Jesus was unmarried, which would have been very strange for a 33-year-old man of that time. They would have gotten married very young and started a family very quickly. And we have women who have been pushed down. Their status in life has been diminished, especially in the Bible, which brings me to political leaders who want to make this a white nationalist Christian nation. And if that were true, then leaders like Lauren Bobart, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Liz Cheney, Kristen Sinema, Nancy Pelosi, love them or hate them. They wouldn't have their positions because we are rolling things back. And I have a bit of a conspiracy theory now that some of these younger trans activists, men who are transitioning, you know, male to female, are really just kind of part of the patriarchy that are trying to take over for women. And that's how I feel about it. I obviously support people to live their life the way they want to, but I have to draw the line when my own gender is being called cis women, birthing people, and chest feeders, because that is just rude. It is degrading. It is debasing. And it is not what any 
women needs in the world. And I just see some of this as, you know, these big companies latching on to people like Dylan Mulvaney, who, you know, go through your transition. That's great. I support you. If you want to drink light beer, cool, drink it, you know, but you shouldn't be posing with feminine products you will never need. And you shouldn't be wearing a sports bra as part of an ad campaign. And here's why. The sports bra heard round the world. So Brandy Chastain had won the Women's World Cup champion. And this was 1999. And just like men had done, she took off her jersey and celebrated her win. Now, men obviously do this bare-chested, but Brandy did this in her sports bra. And she was, you know, shot to fame after scoring this penalty. This, And she just was celebrating the way all people celebrate. And, you know, she said the stadium was so incredibly quiet. It's amazing how 90,000 plus people could be silent. If I had to stop, I could hear my heart beating, end quote. And that is the moment she stepped up to take the kick. So she wins and she takes off the jersey and everybody freaked out freaked out. So she said it was her genuine reaction. This is quote, I had no idea that would be my reaction. It was truly genuine and it was insane and it was a relief and it was joy and it was gratitude all wrapped up into one. So there's all these photographs. It's pretty iconic if you ask me. And you know, she's kneeling, she's in her black sports bra and it's like seriously iconic. So it was on the cover of three major magazines, Newsweek, Sports Illustrated, and Time Magazine. And the headlines were Girls Rule, What a Kick. And then it was called inappropriate by critics because it said that it shifted focus away from the tournament. And she was not apologetic. And not everyone approved. And I think that she was right not to apologize. And I think if Nike wanted to make a comeback with sports bras, Brandy Chastain would have been the choice. Now, you can agree or disagree with me. But like I said, there comes a point where as a woman who has suffered with everything from PCOS to, you know, having to take medications for like skin problems and female problems and trying to balance hormones. We have to draw the line somewhere for ourselves because, you know, we, we didn't even have the right to vote just over a hundred years ago. So I have to stand with my ladies. I don't like being called a cis woman. I'm a woman and that is how I feel. Now we've got all of these again, legal things going on. And I want to get back to Donald Trump for a second, because I was saying that I thought Alvin Bragg should have had some discretion. And now I'm starting to disagree with myself because the fact that Jim Jordan, who has nothing to do with New York state, and he's from Ohio and really should be concentrating on what he let happen to those boys at Ohio state, how he can live with himself is beyond me, is trying to well, has broken New York state law and is trying to stop 
this indictment of Donald Trump. Now, I gotta know what Trump has on both Jim Jordan and Lindsey Graham, who's crying like a baby, and Kevin McCarthy, who's just way, way, way more uptight than usual. So I think those three are the main ones, and I think Marjorie Taylor Greene, she just... um is, you know, she's got her secrets too, but she's just plowing forward. I think she thinks people are going to forget that she may or may not have done something terrible on, uh, or before January 6th. And she came to New York City and Michael Rappaport became New York City's spirit animal when he yelled at her. And the things that she said about New York, I mean, the only reason that it was a crowd there was to get her out of the city. You know, she actually made people go out of their way to have to get her out of the city. And she lasted, what, five minutes? And I'll just say this, if you ever hear this march, honey, I've seen it before. All you greenies, you come in and you think that you're going to take the city by storm. And you lasted way less than all of the other ones. They at least stayed a night or two. You lasted five minutes. That is pretty pathetic. And that's how I feel about that. Now we've got all of these classified documents coming out, which is so strange because the DOJ and Jack Smith is going after Trump. Now, Jim Jordan's trying to stop Bragg, and it was, it's worth it just to see him get sued for, you know, jumping in the way. But now when Trump went on to Hannity's show and Hannity sort of tried to lead him very gently to say, I know you and I know you wouldn't you know, take these documents. And he's like, no, 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 I did. And he believes that the Presidential Records Act means he has the right to take and look at anything. And now all of a sudden, these classified documents came out. And I don't know if it has something to do with him or something to do with someone who got a hold of something he didn't want to come out. But the whole thing is an absolute disaster for national security. And I've been watching a little bit of this, that, and the other thing. His interviews with all of his, quote, Fox News friends have all been just disasters. And Anthony Scaramucci has a prediction that he will drop out of the race because his family's not around. And that could be very true. So I'd like to see what's going to happen with that and the rest of these indictments because it is getting serious. Also, the Chinese spy balloon that was allowed to go across the country um, got everything it needed. Of course it did. <sighs> so anyway, now let's get to the fact that the Dalai Lama has that video out where he did the inappropriate thing with the child. And, um, you know, this is gut-wrenching, I think, on many levels for many people because we always look to spiritual leaders to be, quote, infallible. That's what I was taught in the Catholic Church. The Pope and the priests are a direct line to God, and they can't be wrong because God is never wrong. Not thinking, no, these are just men, mortals, humans, who make mistakes. You know, we keep hearing about the Catholic priests in Denver. I think there was like something like 600 of them were accused of something, something like that. I might have the numbers wrong, but I remember in the 90s at some point, Pope John Paul II was going to Denver for some big like Catholic school convention. My parents were like, you should go. I'm like, no way. So I did not do that. Go to the Mile High City and see Pope John Paul II. That is how old I am that I'm two popes ago, I was in high school. 
And, um, you know, when we think of spiritual leaders, you know, I even saw in high school being taught by the Christian brothers, which was uh, an order of Catholic priests. And I was taught by Catholic nuns, along with what they called lay people, which were just, you know, people that weren't part of the clergy, just regular old people coming in to teach. But I saw that there were tons of mistakes made. That's what I saw. And I always struggled spiritually with that Catholic guilt, even though I call myself the Catholic rebel Italian American. (laughs) And, you know, as much as it's true, there's also that part of me that wants to stay as perfect as possible and carries that heavy, heavy burden of guilt because I was not perfect. But seeing all of these leaders who are less perfect than me, whether it's a spiritual leader or whether it's a political leader, I don't feel so bad about my quotes, sins, because they don't exist. They don't exist in the grand scheme of things unless you have taken life or done something specifically to harm someone. And you did it with no regrets, no remorse. And that's what I'm seeing. The elites of the world, the powerful of the world, that 1%, it goes across the globe, you guys. It's not just across our country. It's across the globe. And it's everything. It's everyone who's high up there. That's why they all party together. Now we're hearing about Clarence Thomas, which just makes me laugh. The last name of the guy, the billionaire is Crow. Anyway, I don't know if anyone else finds the irony in that, but this is what it is. They keep us fighting. They keep us fighting about racism. They keep us fighting about age. They keep us fighting about LGBT rights and and man versus woman. And they keep pushing the patriarchy to the front with taking away abortion rights for women and girls. And for honestly replacing women in ads for products that are solely for women. It's getting crazy. It's getting insane. There's mass shootings everywhere. And they won't do anything, anything about any of these things. But especially in Tennessee. But they will expel members of their own state legislature. And I mean, the best thing that could have happened to these guys is that they were truly just pushed into now a national spotlight and they are the change. They truly are. So there was a letter Um, to Attorney General Merrick Garland and the Democrats led by Senator Raphael Warnock of Georgia and Majority Leader Chuck Schumer of New York to probe the expulsions of Representatives Justin Jones and Justin J. Pearson to determine whether any violations of the United States Constitution or federal civil rights laws have occurred to take all steps necessary to uphold the democratic integrity of our nation's legislative bodies. And that is according to NBC News. So these two 
I'm calling it now future photo, the future POTUS, future VEEP. Absolutely doesn't even matter. Maybe they should be co-POTUSes. Maybe that's what we need. And the other thing that I want to say about leaders, because Ron DeSantis is getting out of control, Greg Abbott is getting out of control. I am not happy in New York with Kathy Hochul. I think that we should eliminate a single governor as part of you know, redoing our society for our needs. I think we need like two like co-governors, one Republican and one Democratic. So that way, you know, we can have equal representation within the state and there's a little bit more democracy and less fascism going on because it's getting crazy. DeSantis is fighting Disneyland, but he got married there. Like what is wrong with everyone? Why do they want to take over? Why do you want to go back? Is there money not enough, millionaires and billionaires? You need to go back to when everybody was beneath you for real so you could really truly feel superior. It's pretty sickening. So this is what I want to say in the spiritual journey coming from a Gen Xer who grew up Catholic, who grew up before the internet, who grew up still seeing black and white TV with bunny ears, rabbit ears, rabbit ears with... um. They called it bunny ears because it was just Easter. Rabbit ears with a tin foil. I mean, we've been through every change possible in the last five to six decades. And spiritually, being raised by boomers, we have all struggled with our own identities religiously and personally and professionally. And just what I'm saying is think for yourself. Listen to what everyone's saying. Watch every interview. Free thinking is the only way that we're going to break out of this matrix of hell. You know, they say the CERN collider destroyed our universe and threw us into an alternate one. I can 100% believe that because it has been insane. Why are we here like this? How do we go back in time and fix this? There's a whole paradox to that. But I want to say that spiritually, We have to let go of letting other people make us, especially Gen Xers, feel inferior like they have because the only way to help now is to take Gen Z and Alphas and teach them our sarcasm, our bravado, and our street smarts along with our nerdiness and book smarts and help them change this world and make it the world that we envisioned in the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s that we wanted growing up for ourselves because we got those hippies that that really influenced us, especially Gen Xers, so much with all of the music that we grew up on that was our parents' music that became our, you know, 80s rock and became our 90s grunge and became our modern day everything. So the spiritual journey for Gen X is to be guides for these kids to help them make this world the best it can be and bring peace. And I'm telling you, this is what I feel in my heart and in my soul. So I am so grateful to each and every one of you who tune in. So next week, stay tuned because we're going to find out so much more about the age of Aquarius. Aquarius is here for the next, I don't even know how long, Kristen Bailey, you can follow her on Instagram at Lady of the Lamps, is going to be here to explain it all, but I can just say to you all right now that I feel so much more clear and together because I was born the Aquarius. I was born at this time for a reason, and I'm here to bring you this podcast to help you 
find that Gen X strength and resolve we all have to help these kids have the world that they deserve. So with that, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Messy Closet. And don't forget to keep art and keep love alive.